Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus Christ. There is none other in heaven or on earth. Welcome to another episode of Hope in Christ with Denise. Here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast, where we place our hope in the only hope there is, Christ our Lord. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influences Broadcast. I am your host, Pastor Denise, and I welcome you back to the show. Um, today we are going to do a devotional. We're going to be talking about who is God. Now, I know that topic sounds very simple, but there are so many references, so many scriptures in the Word about who God is, not just hearing from what people say about God, but we're going to talk about who is God. Amen. So before we jump into that, we're going to begin with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your word so that we might know you and the power of your resurrection. Father, we thank you and we magnify your name. We pray, O oh God, that this day we receive from your word, we would understand your truth, and we will walk therein. Father, we pray for those that are listening. We pray, O oh God, that they would hear a word from you, that they would understand, O oh God, that in order to know you, in order to walk truly in you, they must get into your words so that they would understand who you are. So, Father, we thank you and we magnify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. So, again, today we are going to be talking about who is God. So, those that are tuning in for the first time or may have not listened, listened in a while, Hope in Christ with Denise and Hope in Christ Ministries we are a ministry that focuses in on hope, healing, and literacy building. And so in Hope in Christ, the hope and healing portion has to do with, again, the H-O-P-E has to do with healthy. So we have to become healthy, not just healthy in the physical, but healthy in the spirit, in our spirit man. Our spirit man must come alive and we must walk in the knowledge and understanding the truth of who God is. Amen? So that's the healthy. And then the overcomers, we must know that by the blood of Christ, we are overcomers because we worship and we serve and we walk with Christ. So we are automatically overcomers. So that's what we focus on in Hope in Christ Ministries. And then purpose. We remember that we have a purpose. And lots of people across the world, across different countries and different places, we talk about purpose. But our purpose doesn't stop with just us, where we think we know what our purpose is. Our purpose, we were born with it. We were born with purpose on the inside. And so God called us to a place of purpose, and so we must walk in what God has called us to do. Amen? So that's purpose. And then the E, which is wrapping around all of the other one, is the eternal perspective. So in becoming healthy, I must have an eternal perspective. 
what how do I become spiritually healthy, not just natural. We have this new trend where where a lot of times people are talking about natural remedies and natural things and healthy things and all of that. And the body is getting healthy, but the spirit man is dead. And God calls the spirit man for us to walk in relationship. Because we are more than flesh. Amen. And so that's what the eternal perspective is. Keeping in mind that we have an eternal perspective. We must maintain an eternal perspective. But if we don't maintain our eternal perspective, then we will stay focused on the fleshly part of us, which will pass away. As the word declares, it will pass away. But the word of God and what he has placed on the inside of us, and the way that we are to live and move and have our being in him, that part of us must be alive and not dead. Amen? And so that's the eternal perspective. So having an eternal perspective in our health, our spiritual health, and our overcoming, like we can't overcome something wallowing in it. We can't overcome something responding negatively or responding by drinking or things like that. Because that's not being an overcomer. We're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and that's what the Word of God tells us. And then the again the purpose. We have an eternal perspective on our purpose. We ask God, "What is my purpose, God? What did you put me in this earth to do?" We're um. I just wanted to talk about those things for a moment before we jump into who is God, because before we can walk out purpose before we can be healthy, before we can be um, have our purpose in and walk therein, we must first know who God is. Amen? We must know who God is. We can't just assume we know. We can't go about what our grandmothers knew or what our moms know or what our fathers knew about God. We have to know God for ourselves in order to fulfill what he placed on the inside of us. So, again, before we jump in to some of the names of God that we find in Scripture or titles, we're going to talk a little bit about why it's so important. So I want to walk you through just for a moment, just for a quick moment. Um, Someone by the name of Abraham in Scripture. Everybody's familiar with Abraham, Abram, and Abraham. Um, a lot of people are very familiar with Abraham, but Abraham had an encounter with God. He came to know God. He walked with God, and God took him into purpose. God showed him what it was, and God took him into purpose, not just for his generation, because he didn't fulfill his complete purpose in his lifetime, but the purpose even unto the cross of Christ, when Christ stepped on the scene. That was part of Abraham's purpose. So our purpose is in the spirit realm. Our purpose is not to have a, a Fendi bag and, and things like that. That's not our purpose. There may be some things that we might like in the earth and things that we may say that we want to acquire one day, but our purpose is what's eternal, the thing that will remain forever. That when we stand before God, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. 
now make you rule over many. So our purpose is in God. Our purpose is the eternal part, not the flesh and what we think we're fulfilling. Amen? So we're going to, again, I shared about Abraham, and had he not had an encounter, had come into an understanding of who God is and who God was in his life and a true of who he was, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have walked out purpose. He wouldn't have walked out purpose. He might have walked out something, but it wouldn't have been the God-given purpose that he placed on the inside of him. Amen? So I'm going to jump right in. And um, our topic today is who is God. And, again, there are so many scriptures about who is God. Why? Because the Bible is about God, right? The Bible is for us to know who God is. Amen? Not for um, God to know who we are. He already knows who we are. He created us, and he brought us. Uh, we came forth um, in him and his, his likeness and his purpose. And so he knows who we are, but we need to understand who he is. So we're going to talk about four words that are used in Scripture that reference God. One is Lord in there, and it's a capital L, but everything else is lowercase. So the first one is Lord. The second one is the Lord, which is in all caps. The Lord, which is in all caps. The third one is the Lord of Lords. Okay? And then the last one is the Lord of Hosts. So we're going to talk about those four. There's many more, but we're just going to focus in on those four for right now. And so... And there's a scripture that is, I'm going to reference with that word in it. So the word Lord is more of a title, more of like God. God, when we say God, when we get personal or we get into who he is, we get into Lord in our caps. Amen? And so um, Lord here means master, owner, or mighty one, Right? So that could be a title for just about anybody, right? But we're saying in Scripture that God is Lord. He's Lord. He's Lord. He's Master. He's Owner of humanity because he created us. So a Scripture that uh, references that is the mountains melted in Psalm 975. It reads, the mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord, lowercase, of the whole earth. So the first part is all caps. So it says the mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord in all caps. We'll talk about that in a moment. And then the second part of the scripture says at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. Amen. So we're going to go to the other definition of Lord in all caps, and then we're going to talk about that scripture just for a moment. So the second definition, remember the first one with the lowercase letters or O-R-D, um, it means mighty, it means master or owner. The second one is all caps, L-O-R-D, all caps, the Lord. It is um, the self-existing one, Yehovah, the self-existing one. And in Hebrew, 
Yudhevaji, and I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, but that is the sacred name of God, who he really is, the self-existing God of the earth. So this particular scripture says, the mountains melted like wax at the presence of the self-existing one. My God, at the presence of the self-existing one. At the presence of the master, the owner of the whole earth. Notice how that scripture references God in who he really is, the self-existing one, the only true and living God, um, the one who created heaven and earth. And, and then it references in a general sense that he is the Lord and the master of the whole entire earth. I'm going to read that one again. This is amazing the way God reveals himself to us in Scripture. In Psalm 97 and 5, it says again, the mountains melted. And this is the um, this is where they're helping you get a visual, a visual of who the mighty one, the holy one of Israel, really is. The mountains melted like wax at the presence, just the presence of the self-existing one. At his presence, the mountains melt like wax. Now, that's a simile. And you have to ask yourself, why is the word of God comparing Something to the mountains melting in the presence of the mighty one, the presence of the self-existing God. Why would that be? Why would that be a simile there? The mountains melted like wax. If you think about wax as a candle, it melts quickly, right? And it, it kind of, it's like a liquid. At the bottom, when it melts, so when the wax melts, it's a liquid, and it melts quickly when you light a candle. So the mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. And so we see that in this particular scripture that the presence of the Lord is self-existing and is powerful. It's powerful. There's a presence that you have to basically cover your face. Remember in the book of Isaiah, the cherubim said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And they bowed and they covered with their wings. And so we see something similar in even thinking about the, the mountains melting away like wet because of the power of who the self-existing one is. So that's our first one. The Lord, just the title, right? Master, owner, or mighty one. So who is God? He's Lord. He's the master. He's the um, owner and the mighty one of the earth, right? And then the Lord, and let's talk about the for a moment. So in English, 
when you're teaching English, the or the, some people say the, the Lord or the Lord, um, the is a definite article. And that simply means that there's nothing else to look for. So if I say bring me the or the keys or bring me the watch that's sitting on the dresser, that is you have to infer or you make an inference that there's only one watch. There's only one thing there. There's only one. If I say bring me the notebook off of the table, then there's a reference in your mind, an inference, where you understand there's only one thing, there's nothing else that I have to look for. And so in Scripture, they are specific. God uses those that wrote on clay tablets years and years ago to make sure we, we understand, even in 2019, that it's not a Lord, it's not a self-existing one, it is the or the, the only one. That means that when you seek the self-existing, the true and living God, there is only one. So when you see the, when you see the, let me say that again, you're noticing and you're making an inference that there's only one God. There's not many. This is not polytheism. There's not many gods. There's only one God. That's why the word says the. Now notice, he's the only one in authority. And when you think about, even a lot of people are not familiar, but in the book of Exodus, there are pharaohs, right? At the point of time, whatever pharaoh there was, was, was there, which is the leader, or the considered master or leader of that particular country, Egypt. And so the pharaoh of that time, that's the only pharaoh. Nobody else could rule, right? So when we think of the Lord, cat, all cats, Nobody else can rule and be a self, the self-existing one. There's only one. So keep that in mind when you really think about the Lord. When you think about um, who God is. Who is God? Not just to you, but to everyone. He is the Lord, the self-existing God. He is the master. He is the mighty one. And he's the owner of us all. He's the owner of us all. Amen. So then we're going to look at another scripture that references that word we just finished talking about. And it's Genesis 15 and 2. And it says, And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless and the steward of my house? is this Eleazar of Damascus. So Abraham is talking to God. Abraham is saying, again, I'm going to read it again, and then I'm going to put in the meaning, the definition of the words. And Abraham said, Lord God, what will thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eleazar? Of Damascus. So he's saying here, Lord or self-existing one, eternal self-existing master, ruler, what wilt thou give me, 
thing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eleazar, or Eleazar of Damascus. So this is Genesis 15 and 2, and the Lord has spoken to Abram and told him or is um, getting ready to tell him about what he's going to give to him. He's saying to him, self-existing ruler, master, judge of my life, what will thou give me? So Abram is recognizing or acknowledging that God is self-existing. He's eternal, and he can do anything. He can do all things because he's acknowledging that he is the self-existing Jehovah, the only true and living God. So in this scripture, Abram is acknowledging that. And so how, what do we learn from it? We must acknowledge God for who he is. We must acknowledge that he alone is the self-existing one. He alone is the Lord, the self-existing God, the master owner and mighty one. And that's what Abram was saying to him. Now, the word God, when you look it up, God also means ruler and judge, mighty. And so it's a general term where, not in the sense of, um, there's many of them, but it's the term where it's not specifying um, who God is because the Lord tells you that it's Jehovah, amen. And so God is master, judge, and that's his title, amen. And so when we look at that, we're seeing Abram acknowledge the name of God, who not only his name but his rulership, his lordship, and who he is over him and what he can do because he's the one that created him. Amen. And so I wanted to share that. That was uh, uh, just amazing when I read it and paying attention to those particular words. We have a few more. So our next word, our next word is the Lord of Lords. The Lord of Lords. Listen to the words. The, again, definite article, Lord of Lords. Wait a minute. The Lord, the self-existing one, of Lords. Remember, in a general term or general to the word, Lords are those that rule over or are leaders or um, masters over. So we rule over. So this scripture is saying, or this name, this phrase is telling us that the self-existing eternal God is the, the self-existing, the God of other leaders, of rulers, um, even, even in the spirit. Even, and we're going to talk about the Lord of hosts, but when we think about um, angels, um, they are different. They're made different. Yes, they're by God. And he's Lord over the angels. He's Lord over, um, and that's what we're going to talk about with Lord of hosts. But God is Lord over kings and princes and and um, presidents and all. Of, he is Lord over all. 
He's Lord over all. So we look at it in Deuteronomy 10 and 17. In Deuteronomy 10 and 17, it reads, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty, and a terrible, which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. Oh, my God, let's read that one more time. Deuteronomy 10 and 17, for those that are listening. For the Lord your God, pause, for the Lord your God, your ruler, the mighty one, the um, one who judges the heavens and the earth, for the Lord, all caps, the self-existing one, for the self-existing one, your ruler is the ruler of gods, meaning other rulers, kings. Remember that time they were kings. There were kings coming up. Those that I was using to rule over or lead his people. So the Lord, the self-existing one, your ruler, your judge, is ruler, is master. He is mighty of God or those things that are minor to him, those things that have no power, those things that he created or man created that they created into their God, but it has no power. So it's telling us that, and Lord, this is lowercase, and Lord of Lords. And the master and mighty over lords, over other ones that lead over. Amen. And it goes on to say, a great God, a great master, a great mighty one, a great judge and ruler, a mighty and a terrible which God is not persons. So not only is he mighty, he's mighty to save. He can, he can protect us, he can keep us. But not only that, it says terrible. That means that he will judge. He will judge. And he will bring forth wrath if he has to. And so that, that shows the, the vastness of who God is. And then it goes on to say, we regard not persons. God has no respect to a person. God doesn't have a favorite person. God doesn't have a favorite daughter or son that he created because the word declares that for God so loved the world that he gave. For God so loved the world. He gave, and the Lord declares that whosoever will, let him come. Let him, humanity, come. And so this tells us that God doesn't have certain races that he chooses over others. He doesn't have people he chooses over others because he loves us all. Because the worst is in the beginning God created man in his own image. All of mankind is made in his image. 
And the word here says he doesn't regard people nor take his reward. So nobody can bribe God because he rules over. Now, somebody may be able to bribe a king, a human king, a human manager or human CEO or whatever it is, but they can't bribe God. They can't. And so that scripture is helping us understand. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the self-existing, almighty Lord, one true and living God of Lords. Ones that rule over. So they don't have power over God. They don't have power over God. Somebody need to hear that. They don't have power over God. Amen? Last one. Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. Remember we talked about the definite article, the or the. And then it goes on to show us Lord of hosts. Well, we know self-existing one. And host is, is like um, an army. An army. So think about heavenly hosts. That there are armies of angels. Armies of the heavenly hosts. So not only is he Lord of the earth and the people, because the word says that um, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. Not only is he the Lord or the creator of heaven and earth, but he's also the Lord of the host of heaven in the spirit realm. He is the self-existing, eternal God that created the angels. And if God is God, then he can release angels on our behalf. He can release his power, his mighty power on our behalf. So let's look at one more scripture that relates to that. In 1 Samuel 4, 4 through 6, it reads, So the people sent to Shiloh, and from there it carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, who sits above the cherubim, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. And the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp. All Israel shouted with a great shout, so that the earth resounded. And the Philistines heard the noise of the shouts. They said, what does the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Then they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. So the ark of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. And they shouted because God was in the midst of them, the presence. So this part says, we're talking about the Lord of hosts. So the people sent to Shiloh, and from there they carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts. So the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts. So the Lord that is the ruler and the self-existing one of the hosts of heaven. The Ark of the Covenant was, in, was his um, object where his presence dwelt. 
And it says where he um, sits above the cherubim. Sits above the cherubim. So this is an image, a picture, and the Philistines knew, wait a minute, something is going on here. Something's going on here. And so this is showing us that God will show up in his mighty power. And he can release, he can release the host of heaven and give them instructions. He can release to protect us. He can protect us in his power. So we've learned, we've heard about several different names referring to God in Scripture. Lord, in lowercase letters. The Lord, in uppercase letters. The Lord of Lords, in uppercase letters. And the Lord of Hosts, in uppercase letters. So in this lesson we've learned, or this devotional we've learned, God is self-existing. He rules over all. He rules even over the spirit realm in the heavenly places. We've learned that he is master and he's the owner and judge and the ruler of all of us. Amen. No one can destroy him. No one can cause him to back away because he's mighty and he's mighty to save. Amen. So let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you, oh God, that you are the great I am. You are the self-existing one. You are Jehovah, the self-existing God. There is no other and outside of you, there is no other God. So, Father, we thank you and we magnify your name. We thank you, O God, O Lord of hosts. We thank you, O King of kings. We, we thank you, O Lord. We thank you, O God, that you are the Lord of the Lord, that there is no one greater than you. So, Father, we bless your holy name, and we know, O God, that if we need you, we just call upon your name. We just call upon you, Father God. So I pray that those that are listening, that they will call upon your name and understand the meaning of who they are calling on, the one that sits high, the one that that looks low, and the one that can do anything but fail. Father, we bless you and we magnify you. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen, amen, and glory to your holy name. Amen. Thank you all for tuning in to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influence Broadcast. Have a phenomenal week, and remember, put your hope in the only hope there is, Christ our Lord, and remember that God is the Lord of all. Amen, amen. Have a blessing.